I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? What would be more of a deal breaker in our relationship? Mm. Me hip tossing you through a plate glass window? Hmm. Or telling you to go fuck yourself in front of a <laughs> nationwide audience. Uh, I'm I'm glad you specified in front of a nationwide audience because what folks, what listeners of the Mass Man Show don't know is that literally David Shoemaker tells me to go fuck myself every day like, in a loving is, way. In a loving way, yes. No, this is no. This is how he ends a greeting. Like after we're done recording the podcast, <laughs> like he doesn't say bye or thank you or nothing. He's like, all right, guys, go fuck yourself, and he just clicks. <laughs> And he clicks X on the Riverside Lake. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the hip toss would be would, would actually uh, enrich in our relationship, bro. <laughs> oh, you think it'd be good? You I think, think it'd we, be could, good. we could grow from there. Yeah, you know, there's always there's always respect earned after battle. You know, like I'll be mad, but then I'll just be like, huh, he's earned my respect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I'll get it. We have a lot of uh, f bombs to drop on this episode of the Masked Man Show. Let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to And you're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. We got a big interview with Adam Copeland. You might know him as Edge, but he's Adam Copeland. Coming up at the end of the show, please stick around for that. But now, without any further ado, 
It's the Mask Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Shoes. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We just had a Dynamite 200 last night. Yes, that was awesome. We have a very special interview with very new special. AEW superstar Adam Copeland coming up at the end of this episode, so please stick around for that. Uh, I think you probably will. Or just fast forward to that. Who cares what we say? Who cares? Um, yeah, you got the links. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, and we have a WWE pay-per-view coming up this weekend. We're going to spend a good amount of time running through that. But let's start with Dynamite since it just happened. What, what were the big takeaways? Uh, we got uh, Christian and Edge reuniting only for Christian uh, to tell Edge to go. I mean, uh, how many times? Kerm, how many times can I say go fuck yourself in this episode before you start editing it? Are you already bleeping me? Oh, there we okay. go. Yeah. There it is. Need more air horns. Um <laughs> lots it, of go fuck yourself. Is Christian show. is Christian normally you don't say this about a guy in, at his age, especially one wrestling in a shirt. Is Christian at his peak right now? And if so, do you think Adam Copeland will be at his peak in this in this iteration? I mean, he has he has to be. I mean, this is definitely the most I've ever been interested in Christian in his entire career, and that's saying a lot because he's always been like one of those. You know, he's he's always been sneaky good and underrated. And then after a while, if you've been sneaky good and underrated for as long as you have been, when are you just great, right? So I don't want to I don't want to go all the way out the window and be like, oh, he's at his peak right now. But, you know, he's definitely at the point where he's getting the most attention. He's doing the most uh, in a time where I think AEW desperately needs character and storyline and and are hitting on some pretty good characters and storylines right now. Christian's at the very top. So um, it is it's it's really it's really exciting watching this whole thing sort of evolve right now. Uh, for AEW and especially with Christian, like who knew who knew he was going to be like the the consequential free agent uh, of so many years ago when he first signed into AEW, right? Like he's kind of well, we had a track record with him. I mean, he went to TNA for yep, a while, true. and was their champion. I mean, he 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 was he, he had a good run there. Put TNA um, on his back, yeah. But his reinvention has been just incredibly significant, just totally rewritten his history. I think because there was always this perception there was untapped potential, mm -hmm. both in terms of what he could do and what he was allowed to do on a big stage. And he's just really proved it out. I mean, it's been, it's just been incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, also I because when he, when he signed on with AEW, there was a little bit of a, um, how to say this. It was like, Tony Khan was a fan of his, like all of us are fans of his. And we want to give him a shot to to really show his stuff and to, you know, kind of put him, uh, ensconce him in the glory that he deserved. I mean, I'll take it. But I'll that's take it not really. I'll take it a step further. Like, I think, I think when Christian Cage joined AEW, I think a lot of people looked at it as like how people look at throw-ins and like mega, mega trades. Because at the time he came, he wasn't necessarily the biggest headliner to to kind of come over there, right? So... I don't know. I think, and it it's all ties into him being underrated and all this stuff for his entire career. Well, but, so. there's, but there's also a sort of like there's a ceiling on a legends deal, right? If you're coming in just to sort of like say, oh, like we all appreciate how great you were, then it's like there's not a lot necessarily a lot of room for you to get better, right? Okay. Yeah, true. But then he sort of got, you know, went back down the card, found his space, and now he's actually because of that been able to grow and become mm -hmm. this just incredible presence on their on their show i mean 
even from where he was when he was feuding with Jack Perry to now, yeah. just his level of centrality, you know, his level of, of of just the weight, the fact that people just, you know, wait for him to insult whoever's dead dad every single time <laughs> you get an opportunity. Right. Um, it's like, it's, I mean, whoosh, it's, it's just, it's just incredible stuff to watch. And Copeland for his part, see, I got it right there. Got, um, no horns. You know, it's, it's watching him last night. I think it was the first time I really internalized how like short of a stick he drew for his comeback. You know, he had the, 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 the no audience era, the, the mm. COVID era. And then not being partly because of that, because, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't, well, I mean, just didn't get the platform that maybe he would have gotten otherwise. He didn't get the opportunities he would have gotten. He got big, high-profile feuds, obviously, at Randy Orton and everything and, and right. all the Judgment Day stuff, whatever. But WWE never treated him in his last run like a top guy. And there are probably a lot of reasons for that. I mean, who knows? He, I mean, for all we know, his contract was so limited that they wouldn't, they didn't feel like they were able to. Also, injuries. The injuries was, were a big thing. Yeah. Um, that really kind of held him back. But and it, and it definitely it looks like I, you, you we kind of skimmed over it. I don't think you could put enough emphasis on like the timing when it happened. Like he literally came, his return was literally the day Kobe passed away, and then like two months later we were all locked down. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, I, I hear you on that, but it's it, it really probably did. It definitely did like hit a little differently yesterday watching him do dynamite and just seeing oh wow he really has been, you know. As as for as much of a Hall of Fame sort of legend career he's had, he kind of been getting the short end of the stick. Yeah, like it really, you really, you really crystallized it right there, Dave. I mean, I don't know. We talk about this sometimes when you look like L.A. Knight, you know, whatever, uh, Damian Priest, the older, the guys who kind of appear in WWE who are a little bit older, and you're right, like, and and we and we always try to figure out what the plan is going to be. You know, how much their age is going to be held against them in terms of the big push. And, and WWE seems to certainly have kind of reconfigured the expectations there of what like a, you know, a performer in their prime means. So mm-hmm. kudos on them for that. But but with Edge, too, it just sort of seemed like there was if who knows, but it felt like there was this calculus of like, how much are we going to be able to get out of him given what we have to work with here? And I, in my mind, who knows what was going on back there? But in my mind, they they just they 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 could have done more. They could have done a lot more. You know, is I mean, this is this strictly because of the not the John Cena Edge feud not happening? Well, now yet. I'm going to be salty about it. <laughs> no, but we fantasy book so many Edge things over the court over the last couple yeah. of years. You know, yeah. I mean, even like we, I remember there was one where like if he's going to retire, let's just give him a let's just say one last shot at the title. Let's just yeah. make that the story. You know, I think and, I, and, thought, I thought that was a big part of the the World Heavyweight Championship coming back was you know Edge being able to be a a 1A guy for a brand over there. And Mm -hmm. it it just kind of never happened. So yeah, I hear you on that. Who knows why, but it's fun to watch him now. You know, it's been, it's, it's been really great. And and Dynamite 200 was a lot of fun. Um, Speaking of people kind of exceeding expectations, and that probably is the worst segue I could possibly do because it's going to get me in trouble. But if you think back to where MJF was at the beginning of his title reign, Mm -hmm. where he was like, sort of like not on TV all the time and wrestling really sparingly and, kind of felt like trying to do a different thing with the title, but he wasn't, didn't feel like he was quite there as like a, as a, as a top tier guy yet, whatever. And look at him now and how, again, central he is to every single broadcast and how awesome it is and how great every, no matter if he's cutting a promo or wrestling a handicap match or whatever, just doing comedy bits. He's 
just, I mean, we, he doesn't need our compliments, but just watching the way that he's presented just feels so much different than when this reign started. Yeah, I mean, it's rare to pull off the 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 heel face turn like in the same reign, right? Like it usually kind of happens in between. Um, so you know, and and I think I read some stat last night. If he wins at, at full gear, he'll be the first AEW champion to hold it for an entire year. So yeah. um, I, I think there's it's like a double sided. Yeah, if he, compliment if he beats Switchblade, then he beats Moxley's. Uh, record for for length uh, for, of reign. Length yeah. Of, okay. Okay. Dope. So I mean, like, I mean, damn, that's your world champion. Like he should be, you know, uh, the central figure of your show everywhere you go. And like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean being the main event all the time. And and I'll keep drilling this home anytime we talk about the show. Like it's all about positioning. It's all yeah. about where you know what what is consequential to this person's character or his title reign and and why does it mean anything to anybody else that should be the question you're asking yourself all the time and uh well mjf everything he does sort of matters right now which is where you want to be if you're holding the top prize in your wrestling company so um he's in a good groove right now uh, i think the bullet club gold stuff is and and the who attacked jay white stuff is going to be really interesting to see kind of roll out um, I wish they would have got to, got there a bit a bit quicker quicker in the segment, mm-hmm. but you know the you know it, it did what it, ha- it did what had to be done, and uh, you know Jay White MJF a match that I think we've we've wanted to see uh, for a while, and especially when it came to Jay White being a big signing in AEW, kind of had a feeling this was going to happen eventually. Um, so now it looks like we're on the way there, and um, yeah. Interesting. And how the whole Adam Cole, Roderick Strong stuff sort of like figures into all that is really yep. fun too. Because Roderick Strong is entertaining, man. Who knew? Like, <laughs> Give him glasses like, and a neck brace. Sometimes it, I think the, hard, the hardest thing to do, and weirdly the most effective and, and, and execution, sometimes it seems like the easiest, but the hardest thing to do for some guys is to just lean in to yeah. the fact that they're like not entertaining. And that's how you find that you're entertaining. Right. I mean, even Danielson did that. I mean, that was like the origins of like team hell no. And like, you know, whatever. I mean, it was there when they when you kind of not not entertaining. That's the wrong word. When you lean into the awkwardness, it becomes just something new. And just don't forget this is a show. And yeah, do some showman shit. Like if you're going to be something, be all the way that thing. And it yes. always works. Look, like look at Tony Storm. Like she leans all the way yes. into the to the timeless Tony Storm and the and the fallen like Hollywood star of the fifties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now she's as popping as she's ever been. And Roderick Strong is in the same. The fact that they showed that video first with no sound, and I was just watching them pantomime about like strolling in the scooter and and rolling mm-hmm. in the wheelchair with no sound that I was still looking like I can't hear him for shit but like this still looks pretty good this still looks pretty entertaining yeah. and then you know they played it again thankfully uh but man it is it is um it all draws back to MJF it all draws back to his ability to make stuff important on the show that isn't how good of a wrestler are you you know, it's got to be all the other stuff and then let them and then surprise them with how good the wrestling match is. I think yeah. you say it all the time, Dave, like he under promises and over delivers more than anybody, I think, as far as in the ring goes. Oh, and, yeah, um, man. It's uh, it's really interesting to see him sort of grow into into, you know, 
this championship reign and being like a legitimate top guy in the yeah, company. Absolutely. And then next week we got Title Tuesday going head to head with NXT. So a lot of the setup, so AEW, uh, as is their want, is sort of building multiple big shows at the same time. We got full gear with MJF and, and Jay White coming. Looks like they're going to do Christian and Edge, sorry, Adam Copeland there too, maybe. And But but we're also building for this big show next week um, where, once again, the Tuesday Night Wars are back, baby. Ooh, wow. Uh, that's, I, I don't know... Was it? Is it the? Is the baseball playoffs that pushed it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting the Tuesday night wars one night only. It's gonna be and insane. boy are both teams and both sides <laughs> just like gearing up for this. We yeah. AEW's got Soraya versus Sheeta, uh, Phoenix for Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. Um, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Jericho versus Powerhouse Hobbs, who is now maybe part of the Callus family. Um, Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus, Jay White versus Hangman Page, which is just that that could be bonkers in another in a parallel universe. That's your main event, you know. That's your main event of the year, and then the one that I'm most excited about, which I kind of of all of these, the top of the list of really we're giving that away on a Tuesday. Danielson versus Swerve. <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> for number one contenders to the TNT Championship match, these two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they're they're hyping up the TNT title there, but I mean that's those two guys should be wrestling in the main event of you know whatever the biggest show of the year is. So I mean, I'm sure they will. But, I mean, given the wild I, thing is, Dave, you said it like <laughs> this, like out of nowhere, became one of the biggest shows of the year, right? Oh, like, yeah. like in in what a week's time, two weeks time, mm-hmm. WWE slash NXT and AEW are just like because of the cosmos and the scheduling gods of TV have decided this random Tuesday is going to be the biggest night in wrestling history. Yeah. And we're going to have John Cena, Paul Heyman, uh, you know, uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker. You're going to have, you know, Oscar versus Roxanne Perez. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're loading up all the shows. Cody Rhodes with a very special Cody announcement. Rhodes, like, come on, son. Like just for, just, just for no reason, just for, I mean, for uh, lack of a better term, a nuts on the table contest. I mean, what else can you call it? Like just just for this random Tuesday, it's not gonna. It doesn't seem like it's a, it's a Super Bowl Tuesday or it's sweeps or anything like that. Like the scheduling guys just happen to push, you know, uh, AEW's Dynamite onto a Tuesday, and it happens to be Tony Khan's birthday, <laughs> and so. Not only is it that, it's going to be a really big show and you're going head-to-head with NXT when I said this on X and I've said this, you know, on the show, NXT has, like, found a new high. Like, they've, they've oh, caught, yeah. like, a brand new stride of, like, wow, this is just as good or if not better than the Black and Gold era. And it really feels like its own third show. And it's definitely not the NXT that they went up against before <laughs> when it was oh, on no. Wednesday nights. So it's like, wow, like, now we just got this really intriguing, random-ass Tuesday night yep. of incredible wrestling. <laughs> and I'm, as a fan, man, I, I, I bruh. Get your popcorn if, ready. Get your extra screens. It's going to be a good one. If Tony wait. called you directly, if Tony Khan picked up the phone and called Kaz and was just like, hey, for my birthday, will you just watch Dynamite instead of NXT? <laughs> Would you do it? You don't have to get me anything else. That's all I want for my birthday. I I, I told, I would tell Tony, um, 
uh, what did you get me for my birthday? <laughs> and, then, and then I would answer accordingly. No, I, I want to watch both, man. I, I don't want to get with the tribalism and and see and, and seeing people overreact on, over who uh, beats what show on a Tuesday, but it's going to happen anyway. So why not just go balls to the wall and say, you know what, let's just put our put our guns up uh, like the office, you know what I mean? That office meme when they're all got their, uh-huh. <laughs> their finger guns in the corner and just seeing who's going to pull the trigger on the crazier thing to get somebody to switch over from USA to TBS on a random Tuesday night. So are we going to get new champions? Probably. Are we going to get surprise returns? Probably. Are we going to get, is this Cody announcement going to be super consequential? Like maybe like Edge and Lucha. So it's, it's so much. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing Tuesday. What or is it the, might not? It might suck too. At but. the risk of totally <laughs> spoiling everything. Yeah. What is like the biggest thing that you can imagine happening on NXT? I, I mean, it kind of feels like everything's already on the table, right? Cena's there, Heyman's there, Cody's there, Asuka's there. Man. We already got the we have these giant matches set up. Like, is it is what do you think Cody's gonna announce? Um, I've seen rumors of, of the Dusty Classic coming back. That that's that could be a well, strong possibility, sense, yeah. um, but if it's anything different, I don't know. Like I don't know what could be. I don't. I have no idea. But just his mere presence on NXT, um, especially going opposite AEW, is this the first time? This has got to yeah. be the first time, right? This has the to be Cody's the first time. Done Cody is, is that what you mean? Yeah, is, yeah. The Cody verse is going against Dynamite in wrestling history, right? So. That's going to be interesting. Uh, if you, it's not an announcement of the Dusty Classic. You mentioned the tribalism. Uh, yes. We didn't mention this on on Monday's show. But man, that interview with Jade that we did last week. Mm-hmm. I have not been in the midst of the Twitter mentions hellscape of AEW oh, yeah. versus WWE <laughs> tribalism as, as ever to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, man, people got some issues. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the grass has not been touched. The grass has not been hugged uh, as far as the... I think she said something along the lines of like getting ready for the main stage. And everyone was like, oh, snap, son. She called AEW the Little Leagues, all this bullshit. It's like, I, c- cut the... Come on, son. Like, that's not what I took from that at all. But this is... <laughs> This is kind of the unfortunate reality of what social media of professional wrestling has become now. Like, my lord, as much as you want to just enjoy both, and I think for the health of this form of sports and entertainment that we all love, it's best that we enjoy both. I can't lie, man, Dave. There's a small part of me that, even though I don't really find myself partaking in the tribalism that people go through uh, uh, when it comes to <laughs> WWE and AEW. I do not I know where the sentence is going to go. Go ahead. No, no, I understand why it's there. Like it's I like just okay. for the fact as as I, I somebody who covers the New York Knicks for the past several years and seeing just the hardcore this is my team. It, it's not yeah. it's never just been about you know, it's never been about for them, I would say, just using the Knicks fans as an example. It's never been about like how good my team or my show is. It's always been about what you say about what I enjoy <laughs> is oh, basically yeah. you coming at my personality, coming at me as a person. And people take that to heart. I don't. 
A lot of people don't, but some people take that too hard. And that, I think, has always been where the heart of the tribalism between WWE and AEW is. People think if you like one promotion more than another promotion, this says this about you. Yeah. And it's never just, I like one show more than the other. It's always, it, it, it gets personal. It gets weirdly personal for some reason. And um, it's never been, I don't think it's ever been as, 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 it's never been as obvious as it is right now. And I think Tuesday it's going to kick it into overdrive, man. Like it's going to be it's going to be probably the worst of social media, the worst of the tribalism that we've seen in a long long time. And uh <laughs> it's true. I mean, I guess what maybe the only saving grace is that a lot, I mean, who knows how many of the diehard WWE tribalists are NXT viewers or if they're just raw and SmackDown only, you know. But well, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Tuesday will be a shit show. Um, so for all of you that want to go out there and spread divisiveness <laughs> when NXT and AEW are going to head to head, I quote the great poet Christian Cage, go fuck yourself. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Before we get to that, though, before Tuesday happens, before Raw happens, we have a WWE pay-per-view. It's payback! Mm -hmm. No, it's Fastlane. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, let me take that again. Three, two, one. No, don't take it again. That was hilarious. <laughs> Keep it. In. Payback just happened, right? That Payback was the NXT just one. Happened. Yes. This Payback is just the, happened. This is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. NXT's got to go back to that takeover thing because I don't have <laughs> enough brain space, especially when they're just co-opting old pay-per-view names. Yeah. No, no, I no, understand. Okay, I guess right, why no. they're doing it. NXT did. NXT did no mercy. WWE yeah. did payback. This oh, that's is right. fascinating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no mercy. It. No, but they've got me all me- they've got me all messed up. But we'll leave it in because yeah, we're real. We're real. We're real here. We keep it real. Real potted. Real potted over here at the Mass Man Show. <laughs> uh, 
let's see. But yeah, on it's Fastlane to um, Saturday. It's going to be lit. Uh, Fastlane, Saturday. Going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to start at the bottom of the card or the top? Let's start at let's the top. Go bottom, let's just do it up. up. Boom, let's just let's do, do it big from, from, the, from the get. Big question. One big question for everyone. World Heavyweight Championship. Last man standing match. Seth Rollins versus Nakamura. Let's go back to the old one, man. Talk me into Nakamura. Convince me that Nakamura is gonna, can win this thing. The only thing I got going, holding for me is WWE just signed a, a TV deal in Japan. <laughs> and yeah. in the front and center of that Japanese ad was one Shinsuke Nakamura. And outside of anything else, I, I it, it would be hard for me to see Shinsuke Nakamura lose a main event world title match twice in a row. Um, Seth Rollins has been an incredible champion. They've told the story about him getting weaker and weaker uh, for yeah. the past several weeks. It doesn't really pay off unless Seth Rollins loses. So if now's the time to do it, now might be the time to do it. And Shinsuke's hitting on all strides right now. I love him. I'm just going to say, I, I totally agree. And I feel like I've, I've had this exact same conversation about other long-lasting WWE feuds where it's like, well, they're going back to the well the third time. Why would you do this except to change the title? Right, and then they don't do right. it. They don't always yeah, do and, and, and that's what I'm saying. It happens all the time. And, you know, that TV deal, I don't know how big or small it is. It's just something that came across my timeline. It made me go, oh, okay, that, that that seems like a reason to put the title on Shinsuke for a little bit, right? Like, even at the at the very least. Um, so I, I'd, I'd go with Shinsuke, man. I think Shinsuke is going to do it. Uh, I love the, 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 uh, the subtitle promos on the screen. I think it gives oh him gosh. some real... Real it gives him a, a ill villain feel that he hasn't had so his entire good. WWE run. And the wild thing is, Shinsuke got hot by being like the coolest villain in Japan. So <laughs> him getting in the tap, get being able to tap into that just a little bit right now. Um, I think it's just scratching the surface. So yeah, I'm picking Shinsuke to win it finally. Are, are you actually or just because I told you to? No, no, I was go- I was rolling with Shinsuke since since uh, I thought Shinsuke should have won a payback. <laughs> I think I think I, I picked too. Shinsuke at payback, but I'm going back to the well. I'm I'm picking him again. <laughs> I'm taking Shinsuke fast. Dude, I hope that he wins. And Me that's, too. that's that's not a commentary on Rollins. I think it's it's a great compliment to Rollins that we're sitting here contemplating Shinsuke Nakamura as a legitimate champion considering where he was a couple months ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Says It says everything about Seth Rollins, that he could just take Shinsuke, who was barely on TV, and have us all saying, yeah, that guy should be our world champion right now. That's that's probably the biggest compliment you can give him. So, yeah. all that being said, I hope he loses on Saturday. <laughs> we got <laughs> Great work, Rollins. No, get the hell off my screen. Like, get out of here. Just get it. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, listen, Rollins is the best, and we saw it this week on Raw. Rollins is the best when he's being himself. And I mean, yes. by best, I mean he's the most compelling. But I think what history has sort of proven is that when he's being himself, he's not... We're not always listening, right? I mean, it's sort of like, you know... If you're li- if you're a pod if you're listening to podcasts, it's like you know you or whatever you like you know you have the option of like just regular folks talking. I think we probably fit more into that category, or you can go like the sports radio route. Now that your host is just like <laughs> just like talking <laughs> in hot takes and big booming voice and everything. Yeah, it's like yeah. well, choice A is more interesting, but choice B is what catches your ear, right? Choice B is what gets you to stop when you're like walking past a speaker. 
And Ron's is sort of caught in the middle of that. But what he's found now is that he can be the big, larger-than-life personality. He can do the cackle, wear the clothes, do the whole thing. But then when he wants to get serious, he can. And I think that he's, I mean, I think what's the most impressive thing, one of the most impressive things about Rollins is he finds a new level constantly. Like he's constantly leveling up. Yep. And there was definitely a time like when he won the title, you know, where it felt like, okay, well now we're at peak Rollins. Let's see how long he can stay. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like he's 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 getting better and better. And I think that losing the title gives him an opportunity to get better, right? I mean, we're not, this isn't like, you know, we're we're not putting him in a box and mailing him back to OVW or whatever. I mean, this is <laughs> like him losing isn't the end of anything. It could potentially be the beginning of something really cool. So, yeah, uh, I'm just going to go with Nakamura too, too just for fun. Um, we got a WWE Women's Championship triple threat between your champ, Io Sky, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. Um, Io Sky is obviously still on the way up, right? Her being yes. the champ, I think they're doing a really good job of walking the fine line between, you know, sh- booking her as being a very legit champ, but also having to manufacture a storyline around the fact that she's not a household name to the degree that her competitors are, uh, or even her stable mate, Bailey, is. Um, but so far, this has been, I mean, you know, there's always going to be people saying, what's Charlotte doing there? But I'm excited that Charlotte's in this match. This match could be absolutely bonkers. This could be the match of the night. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it seems like, it seems like it's going to be EO Sky Night, though. Uh, I'll take it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with EO. I think she's gonna retain. Uh, but man, like this is one of those matches that like two three years ago you you pencil in as like matches you couldn't wait to see once EO Sky was on the main roster, right? Like you got Oscar oh, yeah. in one corner, you got Charlotte Flair in another. Um, you know, obviously pay-per-view Charlotte, a premium live event Charlotte Flair is a different beast. Like, it's almost like <laughs> playoff Jimmy, right? Oh, like, yeah. When it's, it's when it's a premium live event, like, Charlotte F- Flair, like, absolutely brings it. So, um, uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a match and a, and a potential show stealer, but I'm taking the Sky. I think Sky is going to retain. Yeah, uh, triple threat match definitely favors the champ in both in kayfabe and in uh, reality. So, uh, I'm I'm on the same page with you on that one, but but this is, I mean, you're talking about matches that you dreamed of. Oscar um, makes everything better, but just yes. Eo Sky, Eo Sky going off the top rope, you know, onto Charlotte Flair is just the magic. Both of them doing top rope to the outside maneuvers. I mean, there's. Oh, you know they, they better raise the Raptors for this one, man. What's even wilder for this? Oscar could possibly win the world championship. And then face Roxanne Perez on Tuesday <laughs> as the women's world champion. You know what I mean? So that, that oh all, yeah, again, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like it just hit me just now too. So I was like, yo, like if they really want to jack up that Tuesday, you put the title on Oscar, have her go up against Roxanne Perez on NXT, and put the title on the line. Like that is that could be something. But I'm excited for Oscar. I'm excited for Oscar on NXT just because she can get a little bit of that NXT mojo back. I mean, they've been doing a great job with her of late on the main roster. You know, mm. this this calendar year has been a good one for her. But just like Baron Corbin going back there and rediscovering a little bit of that grit, yep. you know, Oscar yep. has never obviously never been as dominant as she was in NXT. Um, and that's you know maybe she'll get some of that some of some of that mojo back too. Um, yeah, I'm 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 extremely excited for that one. Uh, we got the, uh, Finn Balor and, and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Now, 
we had Dom Mysterio lost and regained the North American Championship in mm-hmm. the past week. Um, uh, I guess we should talk about Trick at some point in here too. But this is going to be this tag team match is going to be a conversation about the sort of booking of the uh, of the judgment day and like to what do, do we think it's time to take the belts off of them i'm not sure if they've really told that story through yet it seems like them winning was sort of the end of a mini story within the judgment day story and um i'm not exactly sure i don't i don't have like a real compelling argument for them hanging on to it i can definitely imagine i just have i just can't it's so easy it's like it's real to me the idea of cody and jay holding these tag team titles Isn't feels, it? it feels like a very dusty road sort of thing these two Isn't like it? top level singles guy singles baby faces just holding the titles um you know yeah I, I i think i think that's where we're going man like that is i mean if i if i had the pen like it's so so like just leaves the the the, the alley oop open for a huge Trick Williams moment, where he comes and costs the Judgment Day the tag team titles, helps get it on on Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Now Cody Rhodes has a reason to be on SmackDown from the fall into the winter. Oh yeah, Jay Uso wins the tag team titles with somebody other than his brother for the first time in his career. Now you got a, another story to tie back into his brother, even though he's on a different show. I mean, there's so many. The tag team titles are like the the, the master lock of the WWE. Like, if you really want to like push a story forward, knowing that you could use that to bounce between shows is is extremely interesting. And man. I, you talk about Trick Williams. I've become, I've always been a huge fan of his long what is time home. What is the historical comp for Trick in terms of his relationship to Mello and everything? I mean, is it is is Trick like is it the Diesel? modern? That's exactly what I was going to say. Is, is it he ca- the modern yeah, like, day it's Diesel? Gotta, it's got to be Diesel. That's the only person I could think of where it's well, like. Well, or the you know the other guy that we compared to Diesel very briefly was Drew McIntyre when he was backing up Dolph Ziggler. You remember that right, mini run? Right. The, right. the difference there. I mean, the reason why. I'll, I bring that up is that I think Trick Trick is probably closer to Drew, if not beyond Drew, in terms of you know ceiling upside yeah. in ring work rate work rate ceiling. Man, did I, did I finally a podcast. get that right. I think you got it right. <laughs> I did a podcast uh, for Two K Sports, and I talked to Wade Barrett, and you know, uh, you know, him being a, a, a technically an NXT OG, he said the person with the highest ceiling in the entire roster is Trick Williams, and this is really yeah, this is months ago, and. um you're seeing it, right? Like, he's as over as anybody, not just in NXT and WWE as well. And it happened relatively quick, kind of like how it happened with Big Daddy Cool Diesel, you know, uh, when when he was kind of backing up Shawn Michaels all those years ago. He got that rocket strapped to him, and it never mm-hmm. came off, you know, and then it just never came off. There's so, a great archival Diesel interview. I'm sure I've t- I might have told the story before, but it's one of the mm. archival clips that we pulled up working on the Vince doc. Yeah. Um, when Vince is like, having we like found all this footage of behind the scenes conversations with his big his next big thing guys like you right. know brett when brett was coming up i think that's been in some brett docs and and uh lex luger and and kevin nash and he's talking to kevin nash and and um backstage and they're about to do an interview like vince is about to interview him on tv but they're having like a like a private conversation and, and diesel is just nash is just obviously very nervous like talking to vince like trying to be <laughs> chummy you know how it is mm-hmm. it's like we were talking before the show started when you're like stuck in a zoom room and it's like you and a wrestler and you're trying to kill time you know <laughs> like that sort of vibe yeah. and he said and i don't remember what vince said but but nash says something about 
oh, I was talking to Perfect the other day and he told me, you know, just kind of trying to make a lighthearted conversation talking to Kurt Henning and Vince just cuts him off. He's just like, never listen to that guy. And, <laughs> and Nash is like, okay, fine. But like, for the, let me finish the story. And Vince is just like, never listen to a word that man says. Jesus. And that was it. And these were just like, um, all right, I guess I got nothing then, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. They've always had a they've always had a uh an interesting relationship. But I I bring up Trick Williams because, you know, you talk about that Cody uh Jay Uso against the Judgment Day tag team title match. Like, that's such a easy in for, you know, Trick to get involved on the NXT side. You know, Cody and Jay to kind of get back, get Cody back on the SmackDown. Obviously, the Judgment Day are probably going to not, you know, go down fighting without their tag team titles. Damian Priest is still Mr. Money in the Bank. JD McDonough's out there. So maybe Finn probably takes closer to JD after losing it with Damian Priest. There's so many like tentacles that you could make with that story. You just got to pull the trigger on Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso winning the, those titles. So I'm going to hope. That's where they go, and I'm going to pick Cody and Jay to become the new tag team champions. Uh, okay, I'm with you on that. I'm a with little bit concerned Trick about Williams. the Judgment Day, though. I like the way you talk through the Judgment Day part of it, but I still... Yeah. I, um, I mean, I love the Judgment Day. I know there's some Judgment Day fatigue out there. We talked about it on this show, but they've... That's, it's I a mean, meme. It's, Have you seen the meme? No. Is there a meme now? There's <laughs> a meme. Like There's like a video, an old video of Triple H like dramatically turning to the to the crowd to the to the to the Titan Tron uh -huh. and it always plays like and it always plays like that first guitar riff on the music and it was like <laughs> so anytime you hear something happening on TV like yo the feeling when it's two minutes into Jade Cargo's WWE debut oh yeah da, 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 da. so it's it's definitely become a meme yes Judgment Day fatigue might be setting in but you know the Dom Mysterio thing kind of gave it a little bit more life and. I think if you have Trick Williams uh, or Carmelo's involvement to kind of like help knock them off and get the tag team titles off of them, you got a reason for Don Mysterio to kind of get back involved and it kind of ties all I can't those stories that they, back I together. Mean, I, yeah, I mean, the whole thing has been really well done. I can't believe they took the title off Dom on NXT. I mean, then he had to get it back and that gives you a little bit of juice there with Rhea. And I mean, that whole thing was really cool. Yeah. And it was great for Trick to have the title for a short amount of time. And, and I thought it was really, I mean, it was, that part of the story was really well told too, that yeah. Trick said no to Mello. I don't need your backup. And then he needs and then the lost immediately. And then, yeah. the, the, and then the sub, the, the, there's, I don't know if they're going to go down this road, but the, but the subtext is, I mean, there's a, there's this little undercurrent for Dom who just, destroyed Dragon Lee on Raw in a one-on-one -on -one contest without the help of the Judgment Day. That he actually does better when the Judgment Day is not backing him up. Maybe. Like, he's, like, he's got, he's got, he has the ability to win matches and it's just all this nonsense that drags him down sometimes. These dudes can't figure out how to toss a belt between one another to knock somebody <laughs> out without getting the, you know, not losing mm. the match. Anyway, that's really interesting. Rhea, I hope they Rhea do. Is the person who had to come in and, 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 and get everybody in the shape. She had to come yeah. in and say, everybody, hey, Go get your titles back. Uh, hey, I got this match for you. Blah, 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 blah. She's the real leader. You know, yeah, even oh, though for there's sure. no leaders. But yeah. So. I hope they just go more. I, I hope they go more judgment day. I don't care about the fatigue. Let's have <laughs> let's have dueling judgment days that split off. There's like judgment day white and judgment day red or whatever. And 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 we'll have, I guess it'd have to be like purple and black. And we'll have multiple judgment days. I mean, that I would I would be down for it. Anyway. Um I'm trying to find the lyrics to the song. 
Oh, thank you, all the way. If you believe, I'm, I'm looking up the lyrics on genius.com. If you believe yours is the only way, <laughs> you're a fool. This is some pretty intense lyrics. Have you ever looked at the lyrics to this song? No, never. It's very intense. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. If, if you believe yours is the only way, then you're a fool who lives to die. Well, you deserve the hell you're going to pay on the other side. Oh. Once you reach the other side, once you reach the other side. Wow. It's deep. The yeah. triggers warm, anticipate. It's kind of it's kind of murderous. It's kind of fire, though. I like it. I like yeah. it. <laughs> it's pretty deep for some uh, for some WWE entrance music, but go on ahead, bro. Go on uh, with it. What else do we got on here? Oh, of course. The Bloodline, that being Jimmy Uso and Sola Sokoa versus John Cena and his surprise partner, LA Knight. Oh, yeah. We talked about this a little bit on Monday. Too much too soon for Mr. Knight, question mark. Um, I don't know. This match is going to be a ton of fun, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be a... a, a, a a conductor's class and the audience participation. What? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> it's just going to be nothing but. Do you think hey, you can't see me? Ooh. Do you think it's possible? This is totally in a. I'm. I know they're doing a great job with LA Knight. We spent so long begging for him to be pushed up the card. Now he's in this like functionally in this main event spot. Mm -hmm. Too much too soon. I think is an open question. It, I was talking to my cousin. I mean, sorry, my nephew about this the other day. I mean, if they shotgunned LA Knight into a title match against Roman, say the next pay-per-view ends up with Roman and LA Knight, mm -hmm. which I don't, I don't think they should do it. But if they, because if they were to, I think that there's a non-zero chance that LA Knight's getting booed by the end of that match. Oh yeah, nah. He's you mean like he's definitely getting booed or definitely no? No, I just think booed. it's possible. I think it's possible that you, you go in with everything and come out totally deflated you yeah. know just like if the match is sort of dragging if I, you know whatever if i mean if, if people start now or ironically rooting against la night or whatever i don't know i mean he's yeah. just so on fire but they they just got to be careful because it's just you know you got to feed the flame you know you don't you, you, but you don't want to burn a whole house down so that's a, that's a um, tough spot to come back against man like come like having the third undisputed wwe championship match of roman's year Mm -hmm. especially when we haven't seen him in a long time that's a tough spot to be in man like no matter how much it sucks when people don't see roman people love to see roman <laughs> and if you shotgun in my opinion if you shotgun la Knight right into that match man you're running a risk of him just not not really not really paying off in the long run right mm -hmm. like because he's probably gonna lose and then what do you do with him? Then you're basically saying he's a secondary guy. You know, you can be a top guy with a secondary title. Look at Gunther, you know? So, yeah. well, look it, at whichever Danielson or Swerve is going for the TNT title. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, so I, I, I think it would be too much too soon if they put LA yeah. Knight against Roman Reigns. Well, luckily, they're not doing that yet. Yes. Uh, so we got this match Solo and Jay versus Cena and LA. Who's going to win? Uh, I'm going with Cena in LA. I think, you know, it's going to be a nice feel-good moment. You know, the Jay, I mean, the Jimmy Uso trying to be the tribal chief thing is probably going to be really funny. And there's definitely a, a, 
a high chance like the person that comes out the most over after this match is like Solo Sokoa because he's still the no-nonsense badass out of all mm-hmm. these three. So um, I think J- Jimmy's going to play Tribal Chief a little too hard and, and end up costing them the match. And uh, I'm going to go with John Cena and LA Knight for the win. Who's taking the pin? Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy's taking the pin. Jimmy got to take that pin. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's solo, but I agree. I agree that the baby faces are going to win this one. Um, then uh, the last match booked is the 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 LWO, Mysterio Escobar and one of the other two dudes versus Lashley and the Street Profits. I was wondering if Bobby Lashley just retired and we like from in ring competition and we just didn't know it. That would um, suck. But this this is going to be a hell of a match. I don't know how to pick this because there's so much storyline involved. It really has nothing to do with the LWO. God bless them. But more to do with what they're gonna, what they're doing with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Where do you see this one going? I see the LWO getting thumped, like lawn darted. Like uh, it's got to be the the it's got to be reminiscent of Kevin Nash lawn darting Rey Mysterio into. I hope that's where you were going. Yes, <laughs> into a trailer. Like it's got to be that because the whole thing has been, you know, the Street Profits, uh, you know, not ready to pull the trigger, which is basically them doing what they got to do to, you know, get to that next level and stop really caring if people like you or not. And if there's yeah. one way to get people to boo you. It's to beat up Rey Mysterio and his boys. So um, yep. uh, I'm, I'm going with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley in a in a in a walk. I think they get thumped. In this, you think match. Lashley's going to take going to get involved, or is he just going to let the Street Profits do it? I think the Street Profits are going to do what they do as much as long as they can, and then Lashley's probably going to get that last tag and just fucking wreck shit <laughs> just and just and get people out of there, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, give me the. Give me Bobby and the Prophets for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm I inclined to agree. One match that's not on the card, uh, which you mentioned the guy's name, is Gunther versus Tommaso Ciampa because they had their match on Monday Night Raw. It was a... Mm, a humper. A Good humper. One. It was a 30-minute <laughs> classic, and it ended with the reu- reunion of DIY there's been some memes going around about the crowd sort of sitting on its hands during Gargano's run in. I guess, you know, a lot of people don't know the full history, but that's yes. whatever. Yes. It's still a moment. Are you excited to see DIY back together? I got to I got to be honest with you, Dave. I will not be excited about DIY until they get Johnny Gargano's entrance music right. That shit is not hitting, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they've changed it so many times to avoid just doing the OG Rebel Heart that got them over in the first place. And every time he's trying to come back out, it's like, eh, like it's been, it's, it hasn't, listen, the crowd sucked, give him that. Um, but they gave it to, they gave it to other people. Like, it wasn't like, I don't think it was like because it was a bad crowd or anything like that. I just think, you know, you got to get that music right. You got to make that moment mean something. Like, if you're going to play music to end Monday Night Raw, you're ending Monday Night Raw with a surprise return. You got to play some shit that everybody knows right like yeah. you gotta you got when that music hits motherfuckers gotta know oh like it's hard to debut some new music on a on a on a, on a comeback when nobody's seen you for a while and people just gotta wait for the the graphic to show up unless you're somebody who just hasn't been in wwe at all and yeah that's what i think it felt a little flat i mean the matches are gonna be fire don't get me wrong i love me some diy in the in the in the in the ring but that particular moment felt a little 
I mean, so you think we're just doing DIY versus the uh, versus Imperium for a little while? Is that is that where this is going to go? Think so. Think so. I think we're going to get them sort of uh, tangling for a little bit until the tag team titles are sort of s- situated. But... This tag team, this tag division is sort of bonkers when you look around right now. We got them yeah. and the New Day, the Viking Raiders matter all of a sudden. Um, obviously, Alpha Academy. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of folks um, that are demanding our attention, which is pretty impressive. When pretty you good think tags. About it. Pretty good tags, yeah. Uh, what else have we missed, man? That's that's the entire uh, card for whatever this pay-per-view is called. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what else? We went through AEW. We talked a little bit about Raw. Um, are you feeling healed, Drew McIntyre? I, men- I mentioned the Viking Raiders. It looks like they're finally taking my fantasy booking advice from years ago <laughs> to put these guys together. Mm-hmm. Maybe. We're teasing it. Maybe. Um, maybe. It seems like, I don't know, Drew McIntyre is a heel more than he's just the only guy that pays attention to the show. It's wild that you always become a heel when you just, like, remember stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if you remember like Kevin stuff, Owens, like, oh, yeah. this, guy's, this guy's such a bad guy. He remembers that time that did that thing. And I was like, dude, like, just, you know, people are trying to change. Just, it's okay, man. Like, Jay's trying to make good on it. And it's like, nah. That makes you a heel in 2023, which I think is great. <laughs> just no. being like, nah, makes you a heel. <laughs> like, just it's not true. doing stuff. Not doing stuff is the most heel thing you could do, which is crazy. Well, I'm impressed, though. They're telling the story of him turning heels steadily, slowly, convincingly, you know, compellingly. And um, I always just imagined it would be more of a hardcore, just let's, you know, put on some face paint and smack a kid in the crowd or something, he'll turn for him. They're, it's making me interested. They're doing a really good job with some of this long-term storytelling, so kudos to them. Um, I think that's it. Is there any news? We got a big interview we got to get to. We oh, got, yeah, we do. We got a air horn waiting in the interview room right now. And now, without further ado, there is a certain Mr. Adam Copeland, FKA Edge, waiting, waiting for us. Uh, for a live interview. Let's get him on right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are now joined by the one and only living legend. Sometimes I use that term a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but this time it's 100% earned. Adam Copeland, thank you for joining The Masked Man Show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, kind of surreal to hear that... um, that pronouncement, I guess. I don't look at things that way, but uh, thank you. <laughs> I will say right off the top, um, this has been a huge week for you. Uh, during your last run, in since you've come back from your retirement, you know you had you've gone through the various phases of your career. You know, relive some of those things, change the entrance music, change the clothes. You do. I mean, you might not call yourself a living legend, but you do have like a reverence for wrestling history and you obviously your fans have a reverence for yours. Um, how do you feel right now? Like what, what chapter in your story are we writing right now? Uh, um, 
I, I think it's the first chapter without just without the name Edge. Honestly, I, I not a lot else has changed from the incarnation that started this comeback. You know, I, I kind of told myself that this uh, iteration of of whatever it is I'm doing now is is almost just Adam. It, it, it uh, a lot of the character uh, layers have been have been peeled away, and you're just kind of getting this guy uh, being me <laughs> who, um, I gotta get this third person thing. I gotta start, stop doing that. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, really just peeled away so that you're seeing Adam Copeland, the fan, uh, of professional wrestling who just happened to get his dream gig and is doing it and is doing it after he was told he'd never do it again. And I think because it's so real, <clears throat> if you tried to do anything else, which I tried once, it, it Probably not going to work. Adam, uh, nearly two decades uh, of a reunion that people were waiting for last night on AW Dynamite on TBS Network. And it ends with your best friend of nearly 40 years saying, go fuck yourself. Is this exactly how you drew it up? <laughs> I, I mean, we just know that at this stage is, uh, at this stage of our careers with everything that we've learned, experienced, soaked in this version of what Christian Cage is and this version of what Adam Copeland is, I, I truly feel from a mental, from a character and an emotional standpoint, the best we've ever been. So in terms of telling stories that that's, well, listen, everybody can do wrestling moves. Uh, you know, I can only do a certain amount anymore, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the whole goal is to make people care about the character and the person delivering those wrestling moves. And I truly feel like this one, this story, I mean, people are going to get invested in this because there's so much truth to it. There's so much reality. And we have told each other that before. That's, that's what happens in 40 years of friendship. Um, so I think we're going to be able to dip into a lot of, uh, a lot of our relationship and, and areas of it that people probably have never seen before. If they've just seen, you know, the edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness, or if you just listen to our podcast. So I, I'm just, man, I'm excited. You know, it, it, the chips could not have fallen in a better way than the timing for all of this to happen. It, it feels serendipitous. You mentioned the reality of this all, and I feel like because a lot of wrestling fans grew up with you, and we're you know your your fatherhood has really come into the forefront as far as everything. I, I've always appreciated how you approached it with your career, especially with this comeback, and even going as far as, as saying how much your children pretty much told you go have fun with your best friend, go have fun with well, Uncle Jay. Um, I know fatherhood made a difference in your choice to come back. Uh, how different was it to make the choice, not just to come back, but to go out as, as Adam Copeland and not Edge anymore? Fatherhood would have been the reason I didn't do this too, if that makes sense. Because if the girl said, nah, just, just stay home, then I would have just stayed home. But I think they saw, uh, they saw that dad still had that, that twinkle in the eye still. And the idea of, of working with Uncle Jay, I think they understood what fun that was going to be. Um, and, but it is, it's the first thing, it's, it's the top of the priority list, you know, and, and um, all of the decisions I make are with them front 
and center with anything. Um, it, uh, you know, it's the hardest gig in the world, but it's the best gig in the world. And I'm just, you know, I, I absolutely love being a dad. And, and I think you kind of carry around that dad energy with you. So when I go out to the ring now, it's, it's a different version of, of what this, uh, Again, it's not really a character anymore. It's just kind of me, obviously, with the volume knob turned up because I don't go beating people up in the street. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, uh, it's, it's really just closer to me. And, and in the ending coming back, too, I, I didn't have the pressures from a personal standpoint that I did before. Now, I think about my kids before I have a match, which gets me nervous, which never happened before. I was never nervous before a match. Um, but... Uh, so, so there's those, those things. Um, but, uh, I, I also want to teach the girls to take chances to, to work hard toward whatever their goal is. And I'm, I'm hoping that they glean that from these last four going on five years now. Kaz and I are both dads. I know I've spoken a lot of times about how watching wrestling with my kids has changed the way that I watch it and, and helped me rediscover some of that, like what, what really made it, you know, so special to me all my life. Um, but you talked a little bit about Sting when you were talking to Christian in the ring the other night. Who do you think, as a dad now looking back, if you if you and Christian were little kids now, who would be the Sting and Lex Luger that you would be looking at? <laughs> oh gosh, hoping to be someday. I mean, it might be you and Christian. I mean, that, it, it might be goal? him and I. It might yeah. be him and I, honestly. <laughs> um, which is kind of crazy because I never really looked at it that way until you just said that. Um, or it could be, you know, um. It could be MJF and Adam Cole. It could be uh, Jay White. It could be, you know, there, there's a whole host of people that, uh, and so many talented people playing their trade right now um, that are able to fill up viable companies. Uh, and that's, as a wrestling fan, my gosh, that that's amazing that you can have multiple stacked rosters around the world. Um, that's exciting. As just a follow-up, as a fan, when you're, when you're, Thinking about moving to AEW, do you imagine the matches that you could have with some of that top level talent with MJF, with the Kenny Omegas of the world you ran into? Is that did that get your your juices flowing? Working with with Jay was the biggest. Um, but then I looked at the roster and I knew it, but you know, when you sit down with it and uh actually see all of these names and go, wait, I haven't even stepped in a ring with this person or this person or this person. And then Sting was one of those people never shared the ring together. And man, that that's, that's so exciting. Um, whether it's a team, you know, I, I, that's a, that's a pretty fun thing. Think of us teaming together, doing a trios match with Darby. Uh, and then, yeah, you look at, you know, a guy that I've always appreciated is Miro. And I just feel like his character work and just the, the way he carries himself in the ring, man, you put him and I in there, that's exciting. Moxley. Moxley is a guy who where he's, he's landed now with his character and his style, that's something. I mean, that's just going to be an ugly, you know, bowling shoe, as JR would say, ugly match, but in the best way. Like, I can't wait for that one. You know, Brian Danielson, we, we've never had a proper one-on-one. -on -one. That's got to change. Um, it, it, a swerve and how he's hitting now. Man, I, I just, I've uh, always been a fan of swerve. So I think that'd be fun. You know, uh, Adam Page, I think that'd be a really fun one. Uh, and, and that's just, 
I know I'm forgetting tons of names like Claudio and I have never been in there. That's one that I really, really think would be interesting. Um, Jungle Boy, like I'm wrestling Luchasaurus next week. We've never wrestled. Like this is so exciting for me. And, And at this stage of my career, 31 years in, to find new challenges can be the difficult thing sometimes. And I think that's what, what WWE and I were coming up against was, so now what? Now what? And, and you don't just want to be around. At least I don't. I, I want to I try and contribute. I really want to, you know, I, I have a window here to do this, to try and maximize it. And I want to maximize it. Uh, kind of a two-part question. Um, just to follow up on what you were just talking about, about just creatively in WWE, would you would you like to speak on something just like, was it more like Judgment Day related? Was it more like, you know, just things that you wanted to do? When did Where where did that sort of crossroads meet creatively where you both were just like, ah, eh, this doesn't really work for both of us anymore? It, honestly, it was, it was after Judgment Day because like, okay, that story's done. So, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it was nothing on, on either part. There's no ill will. There's no hard feelings at all. And, and I'm actually really happy about that because I love that company. And it was really just at a certain point, you've been here 25 years. I only, I was contracted for 10 matches a year. I offered more because I, I thought, Hey, if, if I'm around more, I can contribute more and we can do deeper, denser storylines. Um, but to their point, and it's a, it's a very good point, you're around more, it feels less special. And, and I know that. And I know that can end up being the case with AEW. You know, it, when it becomes a pattern, people go, okay, it's that guy again. Uh, but I'm trying to look at the positives of that and going, okay, but I can go deeper. I, I can tell deeper stories this way instead of popping in every three months here and there. Um, so th- that that's really all it was. You know, it was just what else is there left to do? Uh, even in terms of wrestling, the majority of the current roster, um, it's not like there was a whole list of names that I could think of. Um, whereas I looked at the other roster and there was, and and that's not a knock on anybody. It just means I got to wrestle a lot of really great people. in that three and a half, four years that I was with WWE on this last run. Uh, just just to follow up again, uh, you, you mentioned the Totally Reeks of Awesomeness show, and it's it's one of my it's it's such a hidden gem. I don't want to call it a hidden gem, but like the OG yeah, WWE it network, kinda, it, 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 it kind of is right. Like it's, it's cult status. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like, man, like I know what you were trying to do, but like I think all of us sort of watching it knew, like, okay, there's only so far you can go being under a WWE umbrella. That umbrella isn't there anymore. Is there a possibility that you would, you know, outside of the ring, do more sort of meta level wrestling content that I thought I mean, was really entertaining? If you watch it back, we went as far as you possibly could. <laughs> I mean, we pushed it. Yeah, we pushed, yeah. we pushed, we pushed it until we heard a couple of subtle pushbacks. <laughs> or like, okay, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, that that is probably the most fun I've had in the wrestling industry. Even though we we're just producing a show on our own, yeah. um, and it was so much fun. You never know, right? Because we really did have a blast. I don't think there was a longer gap than maybe half an hour that we weren't just crying laughing (laughs) 
You know, we got Samoa yeah. Joe dressed up as a Girl Scout. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, come on, you know, and, and he's, he's slinging cookies. Just ridiculous. So we, we have, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. But I mean, right now, in terms of time, I don't know how much time there actually is. You know, if I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be on the shows and I'm, I got to be dad and I got to be husband and, you know, I, I got to help with drama club on Friday mornings and I got it like there's, there's life. Right. And and that's top priority. Uh, wrestling and AEW will be second. And then after that, wherever the chips fall. Maybe drama club can be your new faction in AEW. <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. good except, except they'll have uh 45 uh, grade <laughs> two to four year olds. <laughs> nobody, nobody will mess with me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your body, man. I mean, you obviously took some t- a lot of time off and, and were able to come back and it's been sort of a miracle. And we, you know, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but there are wrestlers that you sometimes watch and you have to think about their physical state because of what you know, they're, they're, you know, they have lingering injuries or stuff sure. they've been through. But as a wrestling fan, you never, your, your, your temptation is to never think that way. Right. I mean, it's, it's cause you know, Hulk Hogan still looks like Hulk Hogan, even though he's 70 years old, it's always there. People sure. are always the same. How are you doing physically? You talked about having to, you know, there's some moves you can't do, but do you feel, I, I got to tell you, those spears that you hit last night looked looked like real throwback edge spears, man. They were they were they, you look really good out there. I and I'm, I feel great. I really do. Um, there's just a lot more work that goes into it now, and there's a lot more uh, post work uh, in terms of. I'm hopping in the cold plunge in the sauna and I'm stretching an hour a day now and, and things that I took for granted before that I just didn't do before. Um, also when I was on the road, the last time there wasn't meal prep companies, there wasn't, you know, any of that stuff. If you go to the building at midnight, it was waffle house if you're lucky. So that has greatly helped in terms of maintaining yourself. Um, you know, I, I bring my meals with me on the road. I heat them up. So it, nothing feels too far out of whack. Um, it's just, that's honestly the full-time part of the job now is maintaining where I need to try and maintain to still pull this off. And yeah, there's more of a fallout now. And yeah, there's all of these things. Um, but back to maximizing this thing, I just want to do it until I feel like I can't do it at the level I need to. You know, I still want a young guy to look at that sheet and go, man, I can't wait to get in there with him. The minute that stops, that's when I just need to be done. Um, and I think I'm going to come to, that's going to end before we get there. That's my plan. Uh, I really just feel like we can tell like a couple years worth of really, really good stories. Um, and even just in those names I mentioned, we could eat up that two years just on those names I mentioned. Um, so I just gotta, just gotta put the nose to the grindstone, and I got a gym in the house, so I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, I, I've said this on the show, even when it was a uh, uh, rumors that you were possibly going to AEW, that uh, acquiring you isn't just a big deal because you are who you are. But I think at the time, AEW acquired you is especially brilliant because you know you just lost CM Punk. There's a bunch of silly stories coming from backstage that I think we probably have too much of anyway, but like you couldn't avoid like all the AEW stories happening. And uh, you arrive at a time that, you know, not only do you help 
on the camera, but I think off the camera as well. You mentioned a lot of the young people that you want to work with and, and how much that sort of like opened up your eyes once you looked at it. But as far as, I guess, for lack of a ter- better term, being a locker room leader, how much did that sort of factor into your decision as far as like coming in and sort of, I guess, I don't want to say that the ship was rocky, but you know, there was a big, I think there's a big part of you was sort of like riding the ship right now, as far as all this other stuff going on. Did that sort of factor in when you, when you made this decision? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I'd like to think what I bring to the table is more than what you see on screen, uh, whether it's from the creative aspect and that means helping other people. If, if they ask, uh, that, that means, yeah, being a locker room leader, I, I, I know how to do that. That was one of my jobs. And, um, it took me falling on my face and making mistakes throughout the years to get to that, that level where, um, where I could be, but it also took those mistakes and picking myself up and dusting myself off to become a locker room leader, if that makes sense. So, um, I, I think that's probably part of the reason that, uh, that they wanted me here is, is for that aspect because, uh, you want people to be talking about what you see on screen. And being captivated by that, um, don't need the drama. You know, it, 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 this is the best gig in the world. It absolutely is. And if you can just throw pettiness aside and just focus on that, that's all you need to do. You know, th- this is a dream gig. And if we're in this, we all thought that because you don't make it to this level and go through what you had to go through to get to this level if you don't love it. So that's what I always just try and keep as, as a frame of reference. Like this is amazing. And, and we're lucky to be doing this. And, uh, I don't know that, that, that for me has always been my mindset. And I know when I'm around people who, who foster positivity, that that's contagious. Um, and I mean, what's there not to be positive about that? That's how I look at things. And, and guess what? Anybody can look at the negatives. Social media is full of it, which is why you know I'm getting ready to just dump everything because it's <laughs> yeah. all it does is foster negativity, and and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you can wake up and uh, look at the day two different ways, and if you look at it one way, you're going to find all the shitty stuff, and you may still encounter that if you if you get out of bed with the other mentality, but you probably just laugh it off and find the good in it. Um, I don't want to sound like a self help book, but uh, but I truly approach life that way and, and not for nothing. I love my life. Mm. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking notes. It's not a self-help book, but I'm definitely taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> when you were with WWE, um, and Christian came to AEW, we were just talking before Kaz and I about whether or not Christian is at his absolute apex right now. Like it, it's hard to imagine, but like, what's it like watching him? go out there and kind of redefine his own career and like re and, and, and do and this, this last last act for him has just been so much fun to watch. It must've been just a blast for you to watch as his friend. Absolutely. Because I, I know this is him without, w- without the, the governor on him, you know, uh, th- this is him being allowed to express his, his mind and, and how he thinks of things and stories and, and, not only that, but teaching all the people that are with him, because you can just see already how much Luchasaurus has grown. And my gosh, when he picked up the belt and turned away, 
the biggest reaction of his career. And it wasn't for a wrestling move. It was from turning away while holding a belt. And that character, that's now they care about the character. He can do moonsaults off the top, which is crazy because he's a freak. But that means that they're starting to care about the character now. And that is, that is, that's the difference between being a wrestler and being over as a wrestler. Um, and, and that's what Jay brings to the table. So to watch him doing this now and, and just create, I mean, that, that's, that's super fun, man. And, and, and just last night, like I had no idea what I was going to say when I went out there, but I had 15 minutes to fill. So that's really exciting. And I know that's what he's been doing. And, and last night I, I really got to kind of, uh, to experience that. And it was really fun. And that was Adam Copeland talking about Dynamite 200, talking about his future in pro wrestling. That was freaking awesome. We got to get out of here, though. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in? Yeah, man. Uh, catch me on Count It, Points Bet slash Fanatics USA, all hoops all the time, uh, especially as the season gets going. And uh, catch me here. I also did an episode of What About Your Friends on the Ringer Podcast Network. My good friend Erica Ramirez called me up through the show, talked about NBA friendships. If you're into that, go check it out uh, right now. It was really fun. Uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to list all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, Wednesday Worldwide, The Masked Man Show with Kaz, and, of course, Cheap Heat. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to our wonderful producer, John Kerma. Uh, thank you to Adam Copeland. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.